You're listening to sermon audio from King's Cross Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information about King's Cross Church, you can visit us online at kingscrossraleigh.com. Today we're reading from Acts 13, verses 3 through 12. Then after they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them off. Being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they came down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Arriving in Salamis, they proclaimed God's message in the Jewish synagogues. They also had John as their assistant. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Pathos, they came across a sorcerer, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear God's message. But Elymas the sorcerer, which is how his name is translated, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at the sorcerer and said, You son of the devil, full of all deceit and all fraud, enemy of all righteousness, won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? Now look, the Lord's hand is against you. You are going to be blind and will not see the sun for a time. And suddenly a mist and darkness fell on him, and he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul, seeing what had happened, believed and was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. This is God's word. Kids, y'all can be dismissed to go to Sunday school. Good morning, everybody. My name is Aaron, one of the pastors here, and it's a it's always a joy to to be able to to come together and as God's people and and study His His Word together. Um, if you're if you're visiting with us, we're we're in the Book of Acts, um, continue in, and um, you might remember how uh, this book called Acts. You know, it's it's kind of short for Acts of the Apostles, uh, but we've talked about how how it could be called. Acts of the Holy Spirit, just as just as accurately as the Holy Spirit is is continually working through His apostles, through people, we see Him at, at work constantly. Um, and so, as we as we see the Holy Spirit working in Acts in our lives, we we have the opportunity to either work with Him or to oppose Him, to stand against Him. Um, I want you to imagine if you were to go to India, right? Maybe you're going with Sharon, and uh, she's going to take you and. In, in, visit her homeland. Um, one thing that, you know, Micah said about India, he's been there, is he said it's, it's just a, a sensory overload. There's lots of noise, lots of people, lots of colors, lots of smells. Um, there's just lots of everything. And so with lots of people, then the traffic is crazy, right? So I want you to imagine you're used to driving in America, used to driving on the right side. You go to India, they drive on the left side. If you were to say, you know what? I'm I'm more comfortable driving on the right. I think I'm just going to try it out. I'm just going to I'm just going to maybe go slow. You know, I'll be careful. Drive on the right against all the oncoming traffic. You're about as likely to have success as if you try to oppose the Holy Spirit. God's ultimate power if you go with him, he paves the way for us. If you oppose him, you're going to have problems. In this passage we see Barnabas, Saul, Sergius, um, the proconsul, we see them following God's way. We see them working with the Holy Spirit. 
And we see how it leads to, to good for them. We see Elamus, the sorcerer, known as Bar-Jesus. Um, we see him oppose God, and it leads to, to literal darkness as, he's, as he goes blind. All right, so that's, that's the main takeaway I want us to have today. The, the main idea is, is that if you follow the Spirit, it leads to light and life. But if you oppose the Spirit, it leads to darkness and death. And that's not just a, that's not just a one-time thing, not just a one-and-done but God is, is always working. We have opportunity after opportunity to, to either go with him or to, to go our way instead and oppose him. And so as we, as we continue to follow him, we continue to have more light and more life in our life. But as we continue to oppose him, our hearts get harder and harder and we go further and further into darkness and death. Let's pray and ask God to, to be with us this morning. Father God, I thank you for your love for us. Thank you for who you are and, and how, you, um, yeah, how, you, how you give your word to us, how you speak to us, how you open our hearts. I pray that you would um, just help us to, to see where you are at work and to, to join you in it, to follow you, to go along with you, and not to oppose you. We know that Oftentimes our, our spirit is willing and our, our flesh is weak and we want to do things our way. We get stuck in our way. We oppose you and it leads to darkness. Help us to, to see that. Help us to repent, to turn away from that and turn to you. That's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so, you know, um, if you're watching a TV show and it's, um, there's all these different narratives going on and so at the beginning of the show a lot of times they'll have like a previously previously on. I wanted to do a little bit of that in, in Acts, you know, previously in Acts, um, just to, because there's, there's so many, you know, different threads of narrative that, that Luke has, and, um, and as we read this passage, as we study it, it's, it's helpful to kind of remember all the things that have happened that have led, led to this point. This is a, a pivotal moment in, um, in Acts as they, you know, Barnabas and Saul have been sent out as missionaries, it's, it's kind of the, the first time that um, that the the church is is spreading the gospel more proactively. A lot of times, they've been pushed out of places because of persecution, uh, but now they're they're taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so, you know, all the way back at the beginning in Acts, Jesus, right before he ascends, he he tells them, you know, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And a few days later, they did receive that power. The Holy Spirit came on them in power. You know, a sound like a rushing wind that looked like tongues of fire. They were able to speak in different languages. They had, um, you know, Luke said that, that there were devout Jews from every nation, you know, from nations in, in every direction. Some of the people there were from as far away as Cyrene in, in Libya and North Africa. Um, remember that. And uh, so we see the, the word spreading again and again. We see um, them go to, to Judea, Judea, Samaria. We saw Philip go there, and um, he was even able to, to proclaim the gospel to an Ethiopian, which was literally from the ends of the earth. They didn't know of other salvations past, or salvation, civilizations past um, Ethiopia. So all the way to the ends of the earth, and as they were doing this, as they were spreading the gospel, one of the, one of the sticking points for them was 
was that the Jews they had a lot of trouble kind of unpacking their Jewish law and the gospel. They had trouble separating that. So Luke spends a lot of time, multiple stories of, of how you don't have to become a Jew to become a Christian, to come to Jesus. You don't have to follow Jewish law to, to receive Christ. And so all that is, is going on, and um, we come to the church in Antioch in, in chapter 11. And those, those different threads, those different people are, are coming together in Antioch. Right, some, some Jews that have been pushed out of Jerusalem because of the martyrdom of, of Stephen, because of that persecution they came, and they were proclaiming the gospel to, to primar- primarily Jews. And then there were some from Cyprus and Cyrene. You know, Cyrene was, people from Cyrene were at Pentecost. So it could have been, they received, the, received salvation at Pentecost, they went back to Cyrene, and then later came to Antioch. So they came, and they were proclaiming the gospel to, to Greeks. And so there was this conglomeration of, of Jews and Greeks coming together. Hopefully we don't lose power. Um, we have the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, lost my train of thought. So, yeah, Antioch, they're coming together, and they um, just have this, this mix of, of Jews and, and Greeks. And then at the beginning of, of chapter 13, you know, the verses right before this, there's prophets and teachers. This, this is a healthy church, this healthy, diverse church. And, and they're sending out Barnabas and Saul. And so, um, yeah, so that, that kind of, that, that's helpful context for as we start off and we talk about um, the opportunity to, to work with the Spirit as a church. Um, we see that, that Antioch is doing that. They're this healthy church healthy, diverse church of, of people from different backgrounds coming together, proclaiming the gospel, and sending out Barnabas and Saul. So I wanted to, you know, Alyssa read just a minute ago, verse 3 and 4. See, see it. Um, so after they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia from their sail of Cyprus. So right, right there, back to back, they had they fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them. They sent them off, the church, right? The the people, the church, they sent Barnabas and Saul off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit sent them out, and so the church in Antioch had the opportunity to to act as the Holy Spirit, to do the work of the Holy Spirit. That's an amazing idea for us to to consider when we're acting as a church. As King's Cross Church, we have the opportunity to do the work of the Holy Spirit. I think we've seen some of that over the last few weeks, right? So we just appointed some deacons, right? James, Alyssa, Liz, we saw them working. We saw them serving our church. And so we, we consider them. We asked them to, to pray about whether they felt like the Holy Spirit was leading them to, to be deacons, Chad and I felt good about it. They felt good about it. We brought it to the church. You guys all felt good about it. That's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to to work through us and appoint these deacons. Another thing is this this building that we're moving to. Right? If if Chad and I had been excited about it and, and shared with the body and then we got lots of concern, we would have taken that very seriously. Would have backed out of it. But because the, 
overwhelming feeling was was excitement and and a unanimous vote to to move forward with it. I'm really excited about how the Holy Spirit is going to work through us in this building. Another factor for us to consider with this, though, is that with this this great privilege of, of being able to do the work of the Holy Spirit as a church, that's a burden, too. It's a, it's a great responsibility. So if, if we bring decisions like this to the church, we're asking you guys to, to pray and, and fast and listen to the Holy Spirit. And if you don't do that, then, then you're, we're missing something as a church. But when we, when we do that, and you guys all vote unanimously, we feel like the Holy Spirit is, is able to work through our church. That's part of the reason that our membership process is, is pretty serious. You guys have, many of you filled out the application or, or are stuck on it right now. Um, and yeah, you've, you don't want to set aside your week to do it. You know, it's, it's long. But it's a heavy responsibility to, to be able to, um, you know, for, for us, our, our church, to, to know that you, we can be united because we're united by the gospel. So as a church, we have the opportunity to, to work with the Spirit. We have the opportunity to oppose Him. We see that Barnabas and Saul have that opportunity as, as missionaries, too. So there, there are two things I want to draw out about the way that you can follow the Spirit as a missionary. Number one, that, that faithfulness over the long haul means faithfulness in a lot of different opportunities, a lot of single moments. Another thing, faithfulness looks unique for each person. So in my, in my job, I'm a product manager, and one of the, one of the things that I'm, I'm focused on right now is, is our analytics, right? Trying to, you know, beef up our reporting capability. So when I'm thinking about the analytics, I want to be able to, to know, like, across the whole product, across our whole organization, how is it doing overall, right? I want to be able to, to get into a little bit more detail. You know, how is this client doing? How is this type of asset doing? And sometimes I want to go all the way down to the most detailed, right? How is this single asset for this single client? How's that one doing? And that's kind of what, what Luke is doing in this, um, in this narrative. So chapter 13 and 14 is this, this journey. Um, you want to pull up the map? I'm going to walk over here. Um, so they're, they're sent out from Antioch here. They go down to Seleucia, right on the coast. They take a boat to Salamis, and they're, they're in Cyprus. So we're in Cyprus for this, this whole passage. Um, but then later, you know, across these just two chapters in the Bible, they go, so Salamis to Paphos is about the distance from Raleigh to Charlotte. And remember, they're walking. So... It's a lot of walking. Salamis to Paphos, and then they sail up to Perga, and they go up to Pisidian Antioch. This is, this is far. This is a lot of journey. So this is months, years of travel. Months and years of opportunity to, to be faithful. With that extended time, there's, there's so many opportunities to either work with the Spirit or oppose Him. 
So I want to encourage us, like Barnabas and Saul, being faithful over this long journey for us to be faithful in, in our journey as we have opportunities day by day. You know, sometimes it's helpful to, to take a step back and just think over how God has worked in, in your life over the last years. As they're in, in Cyprus, it's helpful for us to remember that, that Barnabas is, is from Cyprus. You know, so that could be, you know, why they, they went there first from, from Antioch. These are Barnabas' people. He's, he's familiar with this area. And so it's helpful for us to consider what's familiar to us. How can God work through us in, in a unique way? Know how, how God has gift you, gifted you. Press into that. If there's a certain type of person that you connect well with, make sure you have opportunities to connect with those people. God created you unique. You know, there are some things that the, the person next to you does that, that are better than you, right? And, and you can probably list those out pretty easily. We're always very aware of our, our own shortcomings. But there are some things that, that you do better than them, and they can probably point those out. So know how, how God has gifted you. Know what, what you do well and, and press into that. And know that it's going to be, that it's not going to change today. Just, just keep being faithful. Keep working with the Spirit. So Barnabas and Saul have these, these opportunities over the years to, to work with the Spirit as they go along in this missionary journey. In this particular story, we're focused in on this, this one conversation, this one interaction with a sorcerer and this proconsul. And these, these characters, Sergius Paulus, Bar-Jesus, they have the opportunity to, to work with the Spirit. We see the proconsul as a, uh, as a seeker coming to, to them. Um, so verse 7 says he's an intelligent man. You know, the, so Bar-Jesus was with the, the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an, an intelligent man. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. One thing to, to note, the the proconsul is a um, it's like a, a leader for for peaceful areas in the you know in the Roman Empire they had all these territories and um, some of them you know where war was more more likely and so they would have you know a heavier army presence there and some of them were were more peaceful areas so Cyprus is is one of those more peaceful areas so the proconsul is is leading that he's an intelligent man probably probably well studied um, kind of this you know, professor kind of type as, as he wants to hear about the Word of God. He wants to learn about this. So it could be, you know, in, um, in a few chapters, we'll get to Paul coming to Athens, and it says in Acts seventeen twenty one, the, the Athenians and the foreigners residing there spent their time on nothing else but telling or hearing something new. So they're just driven to, to learn new knowledge and, and not ever really change their ways, but it doesn't seem like Sergius is, is like that. You know, it seems like he, he has this hunger for, for the word, hunger to, to listen to God's word. So for the unbelievers in this room, be like Sergius. Know that, that God is here and, and he's speaking to you. He wants you to believe in him. Our kids are um, memorizing John 3.16, very famous verse. God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son 
so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the, that's the truth that, that Sergius is, is wanting. Right? To know that, that Jesus came and died so that we might live. Following the Spirit in that leads to, to light and life. And opposing that leads to darkness and death, as we see with Elamus. He approaches the Holy Spirit as an enemy. Right? So Barnabas and, and Saul, they come to this sorcerer, Bar Jesus. He has this, this status, this place of, of being with the proconsul being with the, the leader of the region. But as a false prophet, he knows that his status is built on a lie. Right? False prophets know that they're liars. And so he's afraid of Paul and Barnabas coming and, and bringing the truth. Right? And Paul, he, he studied under one of the most renowned rabbis of the day. Right? So he was well-equipped to point out where this false Jewish prophet was lying. And so Lamus wants to keep him at a distance. He wants to keep them keep him away from the pro council so that he can keep his status. You see that he doesn't care about anybody else but himself. He doesn't care if Sergius suffers, if he doesn't have access to this because it'll affect him. It's a good reminder for us as as Christians that we're not called to to mourn when others rejoice. We're called to rejoice when others rejoice, even if nothing good happens for us, right? We're supposed to, to care for others and, and to know that our source of, of joy and hope is eternal. The circumstances of our life don't affect our future. As you continue to have opportunities to oppose the, the spirit you continue to to go into darkness your heart gets harder and harder and gets harder and harder to heal gets poisoned we see that with Lamus. he's willing to do whatever it takes to to keep his status as a, as this false prophet so all types of people have all kinds of opportunities we see Barnabas and Saul we see the church in Antioch, we see the proconsul, Elamus. What happens when they do? What's the outcome of working with the Spirit? First one we see in verses 9 through 11, we see that if you're working with the Spirit, at least to, to truth. Right, Saul is, is filled with the Spirit in verse 9, and he's able to, to proclaim the truth. He has this divine insight into Elamus's soul. And he's able to prophesy about what's going to happen. So Saul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at Elamus and said, You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil, an enemy of all that's right. When Paul calls him a son of the devil, that's a little bit of a play on, play on words. Right? When he's introduced in verse 6, he's introduced as, as Bar-Jesus, which means son of Jesus. You know, Jesus is the, the Greek translation of, of Joshua, which means the Lord is my salvation. So instead of being the, the son of, of God and my salvation, right, he's the son of the devil. Instead of resting in the Lord, he's sold out to the devil. 
as we walk with the Spirit, as we follow Him, we have more and more light in life, leading to more and more truth. But as the lamest oppose the Spirit, it leads to, to literal darkness for Him. So, um, as we as we think about opposing God, I want us to remember who we're opposing. You remember His His infinite power. When uh, <clears throat> sometimes my my kids will be running around a corner or something, and they, they just run into me, and they just bounce off me and fall down, right? Because I'm way bigger than they are, you know, four or five times their size. God's power is so much more than that. When we oppose God, when we're coming against him, anything other than instant death is mercy, right? God's infinitely amazing, right? He's created the entire universe. He's more loving, more kind, more gracious than we can even imagine. And so as Elamus faces this darkness, right, as he's blind, immediately this mist and darkness fell on him. He sees God's power and he has this he has an opportunity to repent, to turn away from turn out of that darkness. Hopefully he took that opportunity. Because when you follow the Spirit, it leads to life. We see that with, with Sergius. Right? Verse 12. When he saw what happened, the proconsul believed. Right? Because he saw God's power? Because he was drawn in by how powerful God is? No. Because he was astonished at the teaching. The truth of the gospel is astonishing. To know that, that Jesus... God is in heaven not facing any suffering and he didn't count that as something to be used to his advantage right he gave it up he came to earth he suffered he lived a life of of hardship and, and suffering all the way to the point of death he died on the cross he never veered off his mission he never sinned never fell short because of that he defeated sin and he was resurrected and defeated death. He gave us the opportunity to to follow him. Follow him into into light, into life. We see that Sergius did. Sergius came to know Jesus. He proclaimed that he is Lord. We see that not just Sergius, but if we zoom out to this this whole missionary journey again and again from place to place people come to know as Barnabas and and Saul are faithful to follow the Lord faithful to proclaim the gospel we see many many people coming to to know him we see churches planted we see elders appointed we see persecution and suffering but they know it's worth it they know that, that following the Lord is the way to life the other night um, with our kids we were watching the, the movie The Prince of Egypt you know the story of um, 
of Moses, the Exodus. You know, we're familiar with the book of Exodus. We went through it as a, as a church last year, and um, it's easy to, to read the stories of, of the plagues and you just read about Pharaoh's hard-heartedness. You see it in the movie, and it's, it's even, it just brings it to life. It's, it's so stark. You know, Moses walks into the Nile, and he, he puts his staff down, and, and blood starts coming, and he turns the entire Nile into blood. Because the magicians turn a little bowl of water into, into blood, he thinks that, you know, it's the same power. And there's plague after plague. Frogs, gnats, livestock, boils, darkness, the death of his son. He has opportunity after opportunity to see God's power, to see that he is opposing God. After his son is killed, he finally lets the Israelites go. They go, and he chases after them. He's still driven by his sin. And then he's, he's blocked. As he comes to the Red Sea, he's blocked by this pillar of cloud and fire. Moses puts his staff out in the water and, and God splits the, the sea for the Israelites to walk across. And when the cloud disappears, Pharaoh still chases them, chases them into this ocean, knowing that the God who has shown so much power is clearly on their side. But he's driven by his hard-heartedness. I don't want us to be like that. As we oppose the Spirit, we have opportunities to, to see where God is at work. And as we choose again and again the way of sin, it gets harder and harder to, to turn. So today, as we have opportunities to, to see where God is at work, to see how God is speaking to us, I want us to take those opportunities and follow him. To be faithful for the long haul. We're going to sing Jesus, I my cross have taken. And it's, it's just a reminder of, of taking our cross again and again for the long haul, for the rest of our lives, knowing that there will be suffering, there will be opportunities to, to choose the, the way that seems easier. But that's a way that leads to darkness and death. So whatever role you're in, whatever opportunities you have, turn to God. Follow his way. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your love for us, your kindness to us. Thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to hear from you, to follow you. Thank you for the the faithfulness of Barnabas and and Saul and, and so many others throughout history that have led to the opportunity that we have here to, to worship you. pray that you would help us to, to follow you, help us to hear from you. And I pray that you would bless our church. Bless us as we seek your face, as we follow you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.